Welcome to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira. And I'm Jess. And uh, we're joined uh, by somebody who is extremely late to the podcast. What do you say, Claire? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> nice I'm of you to show up. Week. Thank you, yes. I, I'm really sorry. I fell asleep and slept for 12 hours last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, three, from... three alarm clocks. From the listener's perspective, you actually slept for a wh- for a week there, uh, oh, Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> we were really boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. Yay! Yay! Awesome. Yay! How's everybody else doing? Great! I awesome. made cupcakes today. Yay! 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 We're actually doing a morning recording. Des, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing fine. Um, my neighbor's mowing his yard. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's kind of loud. Hopefully not. Well, it'll help with the ambiance because we will be talking about uh, Splendor and the Grass later. So. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Indeed, we will. <laughs> Hello, chiggers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, of course, we have to check into the Darwin Awards to see if there's anything we can talk about here. Uh, this story is called Crutch Meets, Crutch Meets Crotch. Uh, this is from <laughs> 2007 Russia. And uh, here it goes. Late one night, Edward entered the apartment of a 30-year-old handicapped man who slept peacefully as Edward quietly cleaned out his valuables. Edward was... I, I just... You know, with Ed, Edward with the U in the middle instead of the mm-hmm. W. Just, I just, it's, it's hard for me to say. Edward was preparing to leave when suddenly the man woke up. Quote, I couldn't believe my eyes. The dark shape of some goon was standing next to my nightstand, recalls the burglary victim. I cried out and he attacked me. Who was defenseless with his fists. I had no choice. I hit him between the legs with my crutch, and he leapt out the window. Thank God I live on the first floor, and he did not die from the fall. I didn't understand what had fallen out of his pants. When I looked closer, I realized that it was a testicle, a man's testicle. I put it in cold water and rushed to the phone. The handicapped man dialed the emergency services several times, but the doctors hung up on me when I told them I had ripped a burglar's balls off. Half an hour later, half an hour later, the the blood-covered thief was found by a passerby who called the police. An unconscious man was lying on the sidewalk, said the police investigator. When the medics revived him, he started screaming hysterically, "Give me back my balls!" (laughs) Edward's genitals were so traumatized that doctors had to amputate the entire scrotum to prevent gangrene. In the hospital, the burglar. Filed a complaint against his victim. He said, I will never forgive him. Wow. So uh, I guess he didn't die, but his balls did. So Good that, that counts, word. Right? Yeah. Terrible. How did he a... rip balls off with a crutch? Good God. He must have hit him really bad. And... He had frail balls. That's what it was. Yeah. They were frail to start with. Wait a minute. What does this have to do with the episode? Burglary. Oh, okay. I was I was focused on the balls part going, hmm. Hmm, did someone? Did I miss something? Somebody's, somebody's balls in this episode. You missed a scene, Moira. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, with that, we'll take a break and hear from our friends at tuning into Sci-Fi TV. So, ghost infected Frank. He 
he passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all these channels. But only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one! In your dreams, Nutloaf! Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get... I get visions. Walter, what are you doing? Watch and learn. I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? And we're back! And, <laughs> yes, the, check out Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV, and of course we have our open casket viewing. And Moira, please bring us in. Alrighty, season four, episode six, Terror Starts at Home. Nate goes to the dogs. David struggles. He went there long ago. <laughs> <laughs> David struggles with the trauma from his carjacking. Vanessa becomes suspicious of Rico after a conversation with Ruth. Brenda has second thoughts about starting a life with Joe. Claire and her lesbian art school friend Edie grow closer. A cocktail party serves up more of George's past. George is evil. Fisher and Diaz funeral home hosts two very different parties in one night. Written by Kate Robin and directed by Miguel Artita, I think. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, we start the episode with, um, we have <laughs> such a great follow-up to the h horrible brutality and violence that was that's my talk by opening up with a uh, uh, two burglars uh, robbing a house and shooting the guy that was tied up, you know, while they're robbing it. That just kind of like another one me. more kick in the teeth. <laughs> well, why would they shoot? Why would they shoot the guy afterwards? Why not just shoot him first? I mean, that made no sense. If you're gonna shoot him anyway, why bother to go to the time and tie him up and do all the robbing and then shoot him? Just shoot him in the first place. It's just it made no sense. I'm really hoping some prospective burglars are listening because these this is some solid advice that Des is handing out this week. <laughs> it is. Oh, and Shut last week. Oh really? Was Some it? Was it? gonna die wherever it was. <laughs> oh, bitch, has gotta die. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't listen this to me. This is advice minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone should give you a podcast, as. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well. The, um, I mean, maybe to clear up. Uh, some of, I mean, it just seems so like quick and brutal. Um, the, the the thing is that they actually had a longer sequence filmed for this. It was more of an elaborate, you know, the burglars breaking in, tying the guy up, and all this different. And I, she didn't get into the details of it. This is Kate Robin who did the uh, commentary for this one. Um, but um, she said there was there was a bit more in there that they had to really cut down on. So. It was just quick, and I, I did like the fact that we opened it up, and they always try to fake us out a little bit each each week, 
And this week it was kind of like, oh, some people are packing. No, <laughs> yeah, it looked like people I were packing urgently. Think. You know, it looked like somebody. At first, when I saw the woman, I thought she was trying to uh, escape uh, an abusive husband or something, like the way she looked so frantic. Yeah. yeah. And then no, it no. switches gears. So I actually thought it was cool the way you then realize what it is, and boom, he's dead. It was just shocking. It's just like oh, quickly. I, I was sure that she was uh, robbing the place. Mm. <laughs> the way she was doing it. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and it's like. I, I kind of like how it's like you quickly cut through it and it's like, boom, um, they're robbing the place or whatever. They got to get out of there. And all of a sudden you see the guy tied up in the other room just long enough to see him shot in the head. Yeah. But, you know, despite this brutal opening, it's almost like the whole rest of this episode is like an antidote to last week. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll get there. But, yeah, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Well, just the fact that this man is a victim of violent crime mm-hmm. to begin with and, uh, you know see how it affects david but okay so uh we see david um applying makeup to his wounds both physically and metaphorically as he's trying to uh uh tell keith that he's okay to go to work he's fine he took four days off you know and he's it's good to go back to work um and we find out a little bit what's happened in those past four days uh rico had to deal with the uh family that lost their body or what their body got lost mm-hmm. or whatever um, i'm assuming they found it because that's one of those things that you know body on the side of the road's probably not going to just lay there for long without yeah, they implied it was it. found yeah right. they did but and david's uh, blaming himself for losing it and it's like the first time in this episode he's like beating himself up over oh yeah something and that's it oh yeah. yeah. Typical David. Well, it's his character <laughs> thing, isn't David. it? He's always he's always been defined by like shame, you know, yeah. since the mm-hmm. start when it was all about him coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also find out that uh, well, you know, Keith came home, so that's good. Um, and he's been t- to solve the situation. He's been trying to work with his cop friends on finding this a hole. <laughs> Which you can f- totally understand because he yep. wants to do something to help, right? It's yeah, it's okay. completely yeah believable. Um, and it looks like Jake abandoned that van, and um, uh, he doesn't have a record. Hmm. So, and just when David wants all attention off him, of course, there's a birthday party being planned for him. Yeah. But my thought was, hey, Fisher dinner, yay! We have a yeah. long time, <laughs> and they're oh, always yeah. epic. We're always so pleased. <laughs> <sighs> Um, and we go to the Diaz's and yeah, Vanessa, um, is getting a babysitter for David's party. And it seems that Rico is a little bit wary of bringing her there. Maybe, maybe because of the whole thing of Sophia showing up. But then again, he's also wants to bring her there because he, he's trying to, I don't know, show a little more commitment with his marriage or whatever, you know, um, I don't. I don't think this is a spoiler at all because it really hasn't been made too terribly clear this season. But Kate Robin, uh, the writer of the episode, says that you know, this, besides the little blowjob incident, Rico and Sophia have not had a sexual relationship. They've just had a like a friendship, um, and but still. It's it's obviously, I mean, just besides the cheating incident, it's obviously still kind of cheating on his wife because it's all been in secret. It's uh, and he's had like kind of getting like emotionally tied to this woman and taking care of her, you know. So yeah, 
and, and yeah. buying her children presents and yeah. buying her presents and yeah yeah but I thought that was kind of a big thing. I was like, okay, finally, it's kind of... I mean, they never show her and Rico being very intimate at all. No, I, I had assumed all along that the only sexual contact was the initial one. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, that's the way, they, they, the way they skew it. So, I, yeah, that was my assumption. Okay. Just in case I, you guys were confused. <laughs> I just want to hurry up and get it out there and get it over with, damn it. <laughs> that's what she said. I don't want to see Sophia anymore. She never says that, Robin. What are you talking about? Know, that's true. That's what he said. I think I think Rico is quite entertaining in this episode, though, just because he's such a bad liar. He's awful. Yeah, I was so entertained really by watching him try to lie. It was terrible. The only thing that would have been worse is if he were stammering. <laughs> and his eyes were darting back and forth. <laughs> yes, yes, shifty-eyed dog. It was totally shifty-eyed dog. <laughs> Um, in the next scene, speaking of dogs, uh, we are at the hotel for dogs. I'm sorry, camp for dogs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're cute dogs. Stop that, people. <laughs> camp for dogs, though. Seriously? Oh my god. Seriously. Yeah. My, my sister's a dog trainer, and I was telling her about this scene, and she just hated it. She was just like. <laughs> um, Nate's being interviewed by Terry. Who, uh... Diane Delano! Yes. I know her. Okay, who is... She's Bobby Glass from Popular. Okay. I haven't seen that, but what else? She's been in other stuff. I have seen her before. She must, because she's even familiar to me, but I couldn't figure out what she's been in. She's been in low... That's the only thing I know of. The one thing I have noted is that she co-starred with Frances Conroy in... The Wicker Man. Oh, she did! Yes! <laughs> yeah. The Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. She, she was the woman I... who got punched out by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> nice. Yay. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> now, what was her name? The actress? Diane, Diane Delano? Delano? Diane Delano. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look her up because I know I've seen her in other stuff. Yeah, it shouldn't be a spoiler for you. Look look her up anyway. Um, so Nate's got no experience with dogs. As a matter of fact, he hasn't even had a dog since he was a little kid. And um, but he's he just walk, keeps walking by this place and sees it's full of life and wants to uh, thinks it's a good you know place to work and asks her to give her him a chance. And in the background, in walks a uh, fellow employee, Miley. Uh, is that Lana Perilla? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see her good in that scene, but then the this later scene, I was like, oh my god, it's Evil Queen! <laughs> <laughs> Me and Robin discussed this a bit earlier because I saw her and immediately went, oh, it's the Spanish woman from Covert Affairs! Oh yeah, and she's the Wicked Queen. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I've seen her in actually quite a few things, but... Uh... Yeah, just recently, Evil Queen. <laughs> One thing I love watching these like early two thousand HBO shows, you know, especially we've been doing Six Feet Under, of course, is seeing all these like people that will be big or you know are getting yeah. close to breaking out or whatever mm-hmm. as these little bit parts in these shows. And yeah, I find it it's neat seeing their early work, isn't it? I love my, the guest stars. It's fun. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that person. Oh, it's that person. My wife and I uh, watched Once Upon a Time, and we just about freaked out when we saw her. We're like, oh, my God, really? <laughs> I love Once Upon a Time, so. Uh, I really like it, I'm too. so behind. I, I know oh, what's me been too. happening, I'm, it sounds awesome. 
think I I'm eight episodes say, behind or something. It's horrid. I can't, I can't say I love it, but I can definitely agree with I, you. I really like it. <laughs> I, oh, I, like I it. love it, and I really enjoyed the finale. I mean, no spoilers or anything, but I, I enjoyed it. So I thought they did a great job. I'm just glad to hear there was a finale. That means there's hope that I'll catch up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Getting more and more behind. <laughs> Well, in three years, when we get it in the UK, I will also catch up. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're around the Fisher breakfast table, and George is getting his breakfast of tuna salad. Um, and Ruth is taking care of him as usual, and is asking about uh, the cocktail party and what he's going to wear and whatever. Um, Claire's sitting there, too, and looking pretty disgusted with the both of them. Uh <laughs> David Did you notice that George? Okay, George can't just be kind to Ruth and let her know what the dress, dress code is. He has to be snippy about it. Mm. Yeah. He's just—he's not a kind, He's not a kind no. guy. I don't like this guy at all. No, George either. is the Lisa of season four for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is the Lisa. I can't stand him. Oh. I can't either. I cannot wait until he's gone. I, you know, he's I don't totally know how. Gone. We'll keep talking. I don't know how that. he's going to leave, but he's going to go. I know it. <laughs> Ruth Fisher in the kitchen with the rolling pin. <laughs> good to me. I would not blame her at all. Like the opening to the, the earlier season episode where that guy's like bitching at the t- yes. table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right so david comes in and you can see that both uh claire and ruth uh are like their their spidey senses are going off about (laughs) david um and in fact ruth follows him in the other room and she's saying she doesn't understand why anyone would take the time to beat him up or to steal that smelly old van and david insists that he's fine and it just made me cringe because it's obvious david is trying to move past it and Mm, you you just want ruth to to say nothing to just stop you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was like, oh, you know, just let him, I mean, let him be, let him be, let him be. If he wants to talk about it, you know, he'll talk about it. I don't want to have to hear about it, please. I know, exactly. I laughed so hard, I thought, oh, Des will be pleased that David is trying to get past this because she was so afraid (laughs) he'd be wallowing. I was, I was. He's not wallowing wallowing at all. This episode was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, so that's good. That, Even in uh, that like first scene, though, he's all like all the way through the episode. David looks all like he's very pale and clammy, and mm-hmm. you know he doesn't look well at all. Um, and you know, Kate Robin actually talked about David in this episode and the fact that you know it's not just you know he's just trying to get past it. He's actually feeling pretty guilty that he brought mm. this all on himself, you know, and that he picked up this stranger just because he was attracted to him and not just because he wanted to help him, you know, and, um, and you know, that he just feels like a fool, you know, so yeah. he doesn't want to let anybody into that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that probably was not a good idea, but really that's not, you know, that, that doesn't deserve what happened to him. Just, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, um, it's easy to say that when you're not the person in the situation. You mean if you weren't mm. Jake? What? No, I'm saying it's easy to say that if you're not the victim. Right. Whether or not he deserves it? No, it's easy to say. You don't deserve it. It's not your fault you don't deserve it. You know, the victim, of course, it's not the victim's fault. And it's easy to say that when you're not the victim. Oh, I see what you mean. 
You mean, so from David's point of view, he tends to do self-blame, but objectively, it's obvious to us that he shouldn't be blaming himself, right? Right. right. Okay. It, it gotcha. could be obvious to him, but of course, since he's the victim and he went through this emotional experience, he doesn't have the objectivity to... Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, we get a quick scene with Joe and Brenda. It looks like Joe found a house, a place to put their eggs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next scene, we have David falling down on his job with uh, the intake and the fact that he can't remember anything that she's already talked to him about. Yeah, again, more clues to his state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see him go down to the embalming room and uh, they don't... They, I guess the the wife didn't let David know exactly how the husband was killed, so right. they yeah. think it was a, a suicide. Also, she, most people don't commit suicide by putting the gun in the middle of their forehead. I'm just <laughs> exactly. saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit mm-hmm. odd. I don't know why she was so adamant about them not knowing because apparently people already knew. It's not like you, you know, she could keep it any more secret. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, was she like embarrassed? That her husband got well, wrong. I don't know. He was talking about whether to put it in the obituary. It's like you don't want to put in like was shot in the head but by I two burglars. Yeah. yeah, that's, well, that's different though. That he wouldn't have been clued in to know the method that it was a violent crime. In other words, you would have yeah. thought he at least would have known that much. It is yeah, you'd, you'd think that she'd have no issue telling him. You know, she he don't have to put it in the in the um, obituary or anything, but just as the you know person who is taking care of the death and not going around gossiping, right. he should be fine to tell. So I didn't understand why she was so secretive about the way her husband died. because yeah. it's not. Like I don't think he, she was secretive. Know, yeah, I don't. I don't know if she was secretive. I just thought she wasn't withholding it from him. It's just that he wasn't aware of it, but that maybe. It's just because, you know, where his head was, he and hadn't he, picked up on the fact. You know, she it may have been, she may have told him, but, you know, he wasn't really with it, was he? No. Yeah, I don't uh, think she told him at all. And I can see that yeah. she, the reason why is because he's completely f- flubbing up the, the proceedings. Mm-hmm. So why would she, like, open up like other people have opened up to Nate and David in the past? Where, as, you know, would you want to open up this person is totally distracted and it's hard, you know, handling this horrible moment in your life you know so uh yeah david says about the suicide that it's probably a terrible thing to do to your wife which rico goes oh <laughs> and i have to say the 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 sound effects when rico is putting the scalp and flipping it over back onto the skull are just absolutely hideous yeah that was <laughs> gross <laughs> Yeah, even to me, that was pretty gross. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I loved it. it. Did you? Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah, and I... Oh, I've I've assisted at brain surgery, so (laughs) that actually looked pretty realistic. (laughs) I'm assuming... I'm I'm really... You know, it gives me hope that um, whoever embalms me, like, yeah, take care of my organs, but please just put the cotton that I've collected in my head back... (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy about that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, so if you don't think it's unbelievable, uh, uh, you don't think it's believable about the whole whether or not he could figure out it was a, not a suicide, how about the fact that Rico doesn't know his own answering machine? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, 
I didn't um, even hear the message, you know, that played. When... Oh, it's a, it was one of those automatic ones. It was a computerized okay. message, which makes oh. it lends it a little bit more credence, but still. Right. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he had to like, okay, he, what did he use a cell phone or did he use like the landline? Cell phone. Cell phone. Cell phone? Is his wife's number not programmed in there? You know, I mean, when he punches it in, does it not come up and say, you know, home or something like that? Uh, I don't My know. Does. I don't know. Not back then. They didn't That's what it. I was just going to say. Not back in the 2001s. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I think, 2006 at this point or something. 2004. I'm How do people live in the dark ages like that? I don't <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right, so more about that later. Um, Edie is helping Anita move into Claire's. Um, yeah. I want, I want it. They are, <laughs> they are totally, totally going to get it on. I'm telling you. <laughs> I got so excited during this episode. <laughs> you mean Edie and Claire? Yes. Yeah, Edie and Claire, for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Anita's too busy with her threesome. <laughs> Don't spoil it. Uh, <laughs> we can see here uh, also the beginnings of the fact that Claire, is, you know, Anita is becoming more of like a negative. She's much more the outsider. And you can yeah. see Claire and um, uh, Edie. It's funny in my notes I wrote, Mina. <laughs> Claire and Edie uh, <laughs> connecting on a much more visceral kind of level. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, ha. Visceral, oh, goodness. <laughs> I have a feeling that in- Anita level. is just not as, you know, I mean, she's like the one person that's not as into the whole art thing as they are, or not at least on the same she's... level. Yeah, he just strikes me as being less bright, actually. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, both Claire and uh, and Edie have a kind of a real talent and a real artistic soul. And Anita is much more of a negative force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like a counterculture force or something. <laughs> I like Anita, but maybe it's just because it's spray graden or sprog graden, depending on. Sprog. <laughs> yeah, that's what somebody in the Facebook group was saying. Well, oh, she's really a Debbie Downer in this episode, most ways. Yeah, it's funny. Well, on the it's fr- not all that likable, I don't think. In a later scene, she calls out Jimmy on being a negative Nancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. what have you been doing? What have you been contributing to the conversation? Not much. I, um, I feel like un- she, uh... Sorry, hmm? go ahead, Claire. Go on. Oh, no, I was going to say I have an unrelated sort of note for this scene, which is mainly for Des, which is that they mention about the teacher from last week, and I kind of sort of suddenly remembered this, um, the teacher Carolyn, and I remember listening to the episode and you guys were saying that she was from Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> but she was also in the film Series 7, The Contender, making out with Brian Darling. Oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to watch that again, because it's been a long, long time. <laughs> Claire and I have talked about that movie extensively. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, Myra, we can come back. Okay. Sorry, guys. Didn't mean to leave you out like Anita. Poor Anita. All roads lead to Brian Darling. (laughs) Hey, guys. uh, Me and Moira want to watch Series 7, too. So we'll just button ourselves into this. (laughs) Well, I think you guys all need to watch Dirty Sexy Money. And I will totally start an intro cast if it'll make you guys watch it. As long as it's called Dirty Sexy Intro Cast. It it can be. Okay. Um, so yeah, Anita butts in on the whole project that he want, Edie wants to start with Claire. Um, 
at the cocktail party. Uh, jo- ooh. As soon as uh, Edie and Claire started talking about doing a project together, I was like, sex! They're gonna have sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got so excited. I was like, that's the kind of project they're gonna be doing together. It's like the six feet under version of saying you're doing a spell. Yeah. <laughs> it was like later when one person went, well, what's gonna be, what's gonna be the point of it? What's gonna be the result? And I was like, orgasms! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Baby's first orgasm. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so at the cocktail party, George is introducing Ruth uh, to his nerdo friends. Um, Why is he still nerdo friends? They're just professors. Don't be dissing all the professors. (laughs) Why is he still working? He's like older than dirt. Isn't he retired yet? He's probably a professor emeritus, and he never has to retire. Uh, Emeritus, 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 emeritus. Emeritus. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Ruth, uh, puts on her, uh, uh, her big hat and sunglasses and follows, uh, these two women at the party. (laughs) (laughs) He's dropping, which is actually a really good way to get information. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she hears about how George, yeah, and the head had basically broken up with a woman on his cell phone. (laughs) Okay, you guys, listen, I told you, I told you right from the get-go that George is not a nice man, that he's evil and selfish and does what's good for him, (laughs) and all this crap he's been having all along about how he doesn't want to tell Ruth anything except on a need-to-know basis is strictly to protect his own nasty little background. Yeah, I do not like him at all. I mean, I I can't say he's evil, but he's definitely not a... You know, good guy. Well, evil as in selfish. That's what I mean in this case by evil. He's just oh, selfish. And when I'm shit, watching I Ruth over when I'm when I'm watching Ruth overhearing those two women, my little heart starts to go out for her because yes, I know yeah. I've been saying all along also that she was stupid to marry him so early or so quickly, but that doesn't mean yeah. I don't feel badly for her. I do. Right. No yeah. I... Why? Why when the women are talking about George, does one of them describe him as a raccoon? <laughs> I was really confused. He sifts through the trash. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we don't have raccoons over here. I don't know. I don't know. Raccoons I was like, are he washes his food. Not they're, they're mass men and they're probably promiscuous. I don't know. Oh, okay. Cool. Thank you. Um, all right. He wears a bandit mask. <laughs> During sex, yeah. yeah. He's over the head. He's Zoro fan. Oh, okay. So he has a tail. Uh huh. Uh, all right, so um, Rico finds out that he left his message at the wrong house. Duh. <laughs> and his explanation is amazing. They kept changing everything. <laughs> the wait time, they just kept changing it all. Oh, my life is so exasperating. <laughs> his so eyes funny. get bigger and bigger the more yeah. he lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, so on the drive back from the cocktail party, George wants to talk about global warming, but Ruth wants to talk about this breakup. Uh, but George dismisses it because uh, of the way she got the information and then goes back to talking about global warming again. George loves to hear the sound of his own voice. <laughs> yep. Yes. He drones so on about crap that nobody else cares about. <laughs> we get another yep. quick scene with Nate uh, sharing some homeopathic cream with uh, David oh. from when he was beat up. My eyes rolled so far back in my head. <laughs> because, because it's homeopathic? or because... Yes. Yeah, I know. It doesn't work. It's all I a know. placebo. 
<laughs> I know, but it's a multi-billion dollar industry, so woohoo, oh. people just love to buy that stuff. Yeah. Um, and... But him taking care of David was very sweet. Yes, yes. I was going to say, that. that's why it was cute that he was trying to help. Yeah, exactly. And just to, you know, it, 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 it was nice because it was just like, oh yeah, here's a reminder that, you know, he got the crap beat out of him too, he knows how it feels, and it's yeah. just like, he, he just gives him the cream and kind of walks away. Cause just what, what else is there to say really, you know? Um, and I, I, and I guess that's how he deals with it. Um, well, it's good that he's not being Ruth and going, what happened? Why this? <laughs> yeah. Why that? Talk to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, thank goodness. <sighs> that, I mean, if, if that happened to me and Ruth was my mom, I probably would have just broke down crying right there, but whatever. I just, I just long to be mothered. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I went too far with that. Anyway, at the camp for dogs, um, oh, Nate is helping Miley train her dogs, and uh, she thinks he should become a trainer. Nate starts wondering. That's if not he... training. That's playing. Exactly. Oh, that was playing. For God's sake, you can't go. You're Every good at training. Comes... She's not getting them to do anything. It's like oh. the sun. Every woman that comes in his orbit wants to bed him. It's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you do when you want to? Uh, uh, hook up with a guy you compliment him on things that really there's no need to be complimenting him on like uh wow i can't believe how well you read you're sitting there reading that book it's just uh i can't believe how well you hid behind that couch (laughs) is that what you do robin when you want a better guy yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) just so transparent um but uh, yeah, she finds out that he's not married, and um, we have a little bit of just kind of like, I mean, he says like, "No, not anymore," and it made me kind of think like, "All right, so Nate's actually not going into the whole story anymore. He's just kind of like it's now becoming a part of his life." And uh, you know, and some might look into the scene and go, "Oh, he's obviously reeling her in with, you know, the daughter and all that," but or. Maybe he learned I think his it's mostly lesson. Like... Maybe he learned his lesson with um, uh, what's her face um, about the uh, Skyler White. You know, yes, about telling people he's <laughs> widowed. Skyler? Yeah, you yeah. know about telling people he's widowed, and then you know he's got a little angel on his shoulder going, "Don't tell her all of it, gosh." Stop being <laughs> such I, I a think downer. your first instinct was right, Robin. I think yeah. he's just you know making his peace with it and moving, exactly. starting to move on a little bit. Um, Thank goodness. I, I I see a lot of you know I mean there's still a little bit of selfishness in in this episode of Nate but oh, I'm really seeing so good much. old Nate starting to come around again I think let's hope um, if you ever rewatch this episode um, take another look at it because in the commentary uh, Kate Robin said that Lana Perilla had a really high fever and was really congested <laughs> during uh. this like like she just she was just really sick and if you know that you look at her she looks very flushed and her voice is kind of nasally hmm. so a little trivia um okay so uh at the uh uh carriage house of ill repute um we have claire Edie, jimmy russell and anita planning their big art project claire wants to be confrontational jimmy's feeling Aren't negative this, uh... oh, go ahead I said artist, ugh, with this big, stupid art project. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> I am an artist, and I totally agree, Des. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. You're this is why I left art college. 
I couldn't deal with that. I hated it. Ugh. Yeah, I get to... I found I, it fun to listen to them, though, being yeah. so angst-ridden. That amused the hell out of me. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, young minds really just starting to get their heads around these bigger ideas about the world. And, you know, you're not, they're not just, like, hardened to it yet. They're just like, Well, and they're so full of their happening? own self yes. You know, that's why it's so amusing, yeah. I think. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed yeah. it. And they're so pretentious and holier than thou, and you know, yeah. just, oh, because no one course. else is alive. No one else sees what we see. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah, course. Right. Yeah, I remember. Th- I, I still feel the same way sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love how like they're like the world sucks. Let's go scare people at a mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Jimmy uh, brings up some a uh, little bit of AMT, Moira. Yes, yeah. I have what AMT factoids for you. <laughs> yes. I hadn't heard of this, so I had to look it up Nor and see have what I. Okay, so it's real. It's a real thing. It was actually uh, developed in the 1960s. They were trying to make antidepressants. And um, it's, an, it's a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which is a very old school class of antidepressant that we really don't use anymore because they have too many potential side effects and interaction with normal food like cheese. Um, but in Russia, they used it. And apparently, it was available in 5 and 10 milligram tablets. And what I read about it says, if you take a 20 milligram dose of this stuff, um, it's quite... Um, like it alters your state of consciousness, as we saw later, but it lasts for eight to fourteen hours. Oh, see, that's scary. What if it's yes. a bad trip? Um, and I learned a new word. Let's see if I can pronounce it. It's entheogenic. Isn't that a cool word? Entheogenic means the altered state of consciousness. I thought that was cool. But here's the other really scary thing. There were at least um, th- this was an article from 2003, and it said there were at least like two deaths reported in the states from young men who had taken this stuff because they're still making it you know like whatever on the black mm-hmm. market um because it, it's a real stimulant so they come in with um sweating and anxiety and jaw clenching and they're having hallucinations and uh yeah the one kid took the drug and then he passed out and he just died in sleep so it's scary stuff uh, and they do market it as being some kind of ecstasy wannabe but they make it sound like oh yeah it's just like e it's perfectly safe and we both knew e isn't safe either so yeah this is scary stuff amt stay away from it kids totally just <laughs> say no minute drugs are bad brenda and joe explore the house and uh brenda wants to host dinner parties i loved her like I will need a set of hostess pajamas. <laughs> a set of what? Because I didn't catch that when I was watching hostess. it. Hostess pajamas? Hostess? Like something out of the 50s. She's being hilarious. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and Joe compares them to Lucy and Schroeder I and then bursts that. into song. I love that because I'm a Peanuts fan. That made it's me so happy. Cute. A what? The, I'm a Peanuts fan, you know? She's <laughs> a Peanuts fan. No, Peanuts. Peanuts. <laughs> oh, Peanuts. Also penises, but you know, in this case, penis. <laughs> I'm so terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it's morning. Good lord, you haven't even been drinking. What is going on with you? It's the caffeine. Um, <laughs> so yes, things get sexy. Uh, there's no condom, oh, yeah. and apparently there's no need. And uh, um, again, physically as well as metaphorically, the blinds are drawn. <laughs> and I say, uh, Joe is super hot. He's, he's kind of hot. He is hot. 
He's he's yeah, a he skinny is. hipster geek. He's my type. Hmm. Uh-huh. Um, All you skinny hipster geeks listening, <laughs> call me. <laughs> if you're in the United your Kingdom face. and you're anywhere near Kingston, uh, you can look up Claire. She's at uh, Maya Fire on Twitter. <laughs> she yep. likes skinny hot geeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Oh. Uh, so we have a little quick moment of Ruth decorating for the party and looking a little upset. Doesn't she look sad? She also yeah. looks quite pretty, I think. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. And then Claire is painting the episode oh. title on the wall. <laughs> because oh, she's in her altered state of consciousness. And as I promised Des in the last episode, <laughs> a musical starts. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I somehow forgot about this scene, but yet in my subconscious uh, brought it out to me in uh, the last episode saying, Des, what do you need? A musical. And then felt really witty after I watched this episode. And I don't even remember you saying that, but I thought that It makes it all the more... cheesy. I'm going to have to go back and listen now because I haven't listened to last week yet. But I loved when they started yeah, singing. I loved exactly. this whole scene. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't like it. Oh, I did. What? And I love musicals. I just thought it too. was... Plus, I like that song, so that helps, too. I like that song, too. I don't too. even know that song. It's called... I like the song, Death Cab for QP Trans... It's not... Is it Transatlanticism? Transatlanticism. Yeah, Transatlanticism. I didn't like it. Um... <laughs> Well, of Sorry. course not. You don't like anything. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, I, I I liked it because, well, it's no secret that uh, I've partaken in the past. And just that a song, the way it takes over a room during really... I mean, this also happens when you're drunk, too. You know? <laughs> you're just like looking around. You're like, everybody's happy. Everybody's singing. You know, um, and uh, well, I, I liked it because it's there. It's Claire and Edie's beginning of their closer bonding moment. I need <laughs> oh, that's so what I like. I kept waiting for them to make out. Um, well, uh, Jimmy Russell and Anita start groping each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we, uh, Kate Robin says in the commentary, she's actually. In, in doing this, she's drawing on her single ecstasy experience that she had, and she hints that there were sensual moments as well as water play. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my. and I think, listen, Russell must be in heaven because he he's getting to play both sides of the field if he wants to. Yeah. Yep, he's working his way through the group. Edie's going to be next. Edie's not going to have any part of him. <laughs> My prediction. <laughs> Not any part of him. Once you've she had Claire, why would you go to Russell? Really? Honestly, if I had to pick between Russell and Claire, I'd pick Claire any day. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have a quick thing of uh, the aftermath of sex, and Brenda thinks it's possible she got pregnant. Predictions? No. I no. hope not, because given the way this episode ends, that would just annoy me. So, yeah, because then we're gonna have drama about who's the daddy. Oh, but yeah, this isn't a comedy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
so you both say you hope not, but predictions? Probably not. Oh, oh, you know, statistically, if they actually make her pregnant with one unprotected sexual intercourse try, the doctor in me is going to go, oh, give me a break. <laughs> so, yeah. no, they better not make her pregnant. Give me a break. This I'll is going to be like, now. it's like a friggin' Joss Whedon sex is bad episode. If you have <laughs> sex, something bad will happen to you. Right? Hey, this Jordan isn't Buffy, this isn't Angel, this is six feet under, so please don't do that. Please, 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 please. please. So uh, David programs a cell phone and George brings up the good things about getting robbed. <laughs> oh my god, George is such a moron. He's yeah. Ass. He really is. Even earlier, when we first saw him at breakfast and he was kind of chiding uh, Claire about eating the tuna. Like, why does he have to boss everybody around? Yeah. Why does everybody have to see the world the way George is? This is an asshole. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the next... Why are there so many unlikable characters in the show, damn it? Uh, I, I, will, I will disagree. There's only a couple. Really? It feels like a lot. Yeah. I guess just so, they're so unlikable. It just feels like a lot. Like, think about how, as we get through it, how Keith is in this episode. He's completely likable. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, if I could I vote for him for my Fisher, he would. I Keith's know. I wish Common Law should count, damn it. it Sorry. Yeah. But they haven't been living together long enough for Common Law in the U.S. Yeah. No. What's, is it a year there? It's a year here. It's like seven years. <laughs> no, you're not serious. I'm, I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, the next scene, Russell and Jimmy are telling each other about how genius each other are. I thought they were going to make out. <laughs> <laughs> I was then, hoping. Oh, I was hoping. Anita proposes a shower, and they both go from gallivanting into the bathroom. Meanwhile, and Edie boy, and... did I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Edie and Claire are playing in paint. Um, and a lovely Fisher dinner is being started. Everybody's getting settled around the table. Kate Robin says that Fisher dinners are always fun, but also very difficult to shoot <laughs> because you have to you have to consider everybody at the table and how to shoot them and where to sit them and all that. Um, so yeah, Nate's wondering where Claire is. Goes off to uh, give her a ring. Um, and Rico is asking Keith about what it's like to work with Celeste. And uh, we get another musical moment from uh, Vanessa. Nobody? Um, give me, give me, I... give me some of your candy! Oh, God. <laughs> hey, so, so can I interrupt and go back for a second? Um, looking up online and common law marriage is not recognized in California. Um, and also common law marriage is only apparently with heterosexual couples. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's only like uh, 10 states that recognize it. And you guys really you guys need to, to sort that the 21st out. Century, honestly. <laughs> anyway, it's not our fault. Mm. Not in Florida either, so I did not have common law marriage. It's not your fault. Whose fault is it? Okay, let's it's get not, back to. Fisher. I'm saying me and Des, not <laughs> you yeah, and it's not, you yeah. outlanders. I did not make these rules. Damn it! Yeah. yeah. Well, go sit on your high horse, you mountain. Vermont's not on here either, Robin. <laughs> so. Um, I don't speak for Vermont. I speak for me. And if I was a Lorax, I'd speak for the trees. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we see that Keith, uh, is really enjoying the job. And, and, uh, this kind of, uh, Keith Robin says that it, this is, you can see that this is kind of adding to David's guilt. Like David is now feeling bad because he's taking Keith away from this wonderful, 
uh, experience oh, traveling you, from city to city. And I don't know if he's bullshitting about Celeste inspiring people. <laughs> uh, uh, I hope well, so. You, you know how fans are. Yeah, you that's know? true. Especially it was Kenny just... Bopper fans. But it was nice to see Keith being so positive because in the yes. past he was driving me nuts with all of his negativity. So I like yeah. this, Keith. This yes. is great. I do too. Um, at the carriage house, Claire over here is Nate talking over the answer machine. Claire, where are you? Uh, we're starting the dinner. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, so the next scene we see her running into the dinner. <laughs> And we get the beginnings of a great, another memorable Fisher dinner. Because, because really, what would a Fisher cast dinner be without one of the members being I, somehow I, I, intoxicated I, or high? Exactly. <laughs> it's always like, you know, there's always like some sort of emotional thing being built up and everybody's not talking about it. And there's another person who's completely like tactless and, <laughs> and high as a kite. It's or... Crazy. Or Margaret Chenoweth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> either one. <laughs> uh, but this is great. I love this. Um, let's see. We have um, uh, Rico and David wondering what's so great about Nate's new job. And you see David looking a little bit resentful because, you know, maybe he'd like to kind of bail out on life mm-hmm. a little while. But yeah. unfortunately, he can't. Mm-hmm. So I'm so, I, I'm getting a lot of insight from the commentary. But yeah. Um, Claire says we should all work with dogs <laughs> and who says she prefers cats and then claire of course uh starts obsessing about her mother again which is always awesome why do you deny yourself so much um i i'm i'm practically have all the lines written down here i'm sorry uh, uh ruth, ruth should have gotten a cat instead of marrying george yeah that would have that been fine much better we could have had feline shenanigans. Yes, I would have been okay with that. It's interesting how we hear about the Fisher, the Fisher pets in this episode. The fact that they had a dog, but he died. And from Nate's point of view, um, Ruth didn't get another dog. Apparently, it's 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 kind of implied that you know she doesn't want another animal that will die on them or whatever. It's like a traumatic experience for her and the children or whatever. But we find out here, maybe she just didn't want another dog. She really wanted a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, Yeah, so they're talking about what makes us happy. And Claire is wondering, you know, asks David that he, tells David that he deserves to be happy. And uh, you can see she's still, even high as a kite, she's still wondering what's going on with David, I think. Um, and Kate Robin also said that she was wanted to make a little statement here and it's in the funny little sequence about the clearing the table. That is so funny. Oh God. <laughs> it's great. So yeah, the women start clearing and... <laughs> women and the people of color <laughs> <laughs> and then the people of colors. And then Nate finally diffuses the whole situation. And as he leaves, Claire's just like, ah, Nate, he really gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. But yeah, Kate Robin was talking in the commentary about like, how, you know, why it's always it's uncanny even in today's world. The just that the fact that it's always the women that kind of stand up at like a big like family function and start clearing things up, you know, and the men just sit not, there and have coffee. Not in my family. No. Um, we we just everybody helps clear, you know, like. 
Thanksgiving or whatever. Yeah, everybody helps. You know, everybody helps get get the table set. You know, not just the girls. I mean, my mom's usually the one cooking, but like my brother will set the table or the kids or something. You know, it's just whoever. And I don't understand it when it's like women just waiting on the men all the time. I don't get that. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> um, so Ruth uh, asks Vanessa about uh, some girl named Sophie. Hmm. And we see Vanessa being put on alert here. Um, and back at the table, Keith got David a new watch. Apparently he got his smashed during the whole um, carjacking. Um, and Claire takes her gift back. It's not meaningful enough. Okay, and, what yes. was what was the photo? It showed it, I think, but I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, um, I had to go back on this. I I didn't actually see that it was a different photo. I, 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 first watch, I was like, oh, she doesn't want to give her that nice personal picture right then. But really, you see her, when Anita's moving in, she's uh, wrapping up a picture of... Um, yeah. It's blood in the sink. Oh, okay. oh, is that what it was? It just looked like a big splotch it. of color to me. I couldn't tell what it was, but I, I knew it certainly wasn't the picture, the portrait of David, that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but I thought oh, it was funny that she actually picked the one that she picked after <laughs> I would have thought she would not have given him that one when she was <laughs> Um, and then we get the neti pot incident. Oh, God. <laughs> Worst gift ever. God, what the fuck, George? You're I'm so many levels. And then to take it and demonstrate it at the table. Yes! When it, you've given it to someone else, why are you even putting yes. it near your nostril? Like, he's yeah. just so disgusting. Yeah. Oh. I, I'm with Ruth. You do that in my kitchen sink? Yes. Ew. Ew. I am again, in, in, uh, can I just say, this is probably Brad Couple's scene of the week right here. Um, <laughs> so, there you go, Brad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, apparently in the script, George was supposed to actually put on a full demonstration of the neti pot. <laughs> oh, that was At the table. <laughs> and James Cromwell actually fought her on that one. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the fact that he didn't want to actually... <laughs> Run some yeah. liquid through his big old nose, but she didn't say big nose. Neti, neti pots are gross. Um, yeah, so Ruth kind of freaks out about the fact that he does this, and it's yet another thing. And then Jimmy comes in and diffuses the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was so funny. Oh my god, how uncomfortable. <laughs> well... Claire, Claire didn't care because she was high. Yeah. But if she hadn't been high, she probably would have been a little embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. But look how wound up Ruth is. It's once you know, once again, she's back to her usual state of being, which is to repress everything and hold it all in. And, and yeah. just seeing her wound up like a top like that, and and practically shaking with you know exasperation and hurt and anger or whatever you want to yeah. call it. It's just again, my little heart just goes out to her. Mm-hmm. I blame George. And yeah. uh, everything. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's mentioned later. She mentions later why she because he was just like embarrassed that she did that there at the dinner. But she and he's like, what? you know, you don't do this in public. You come up to me directly. And she's like, I already did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and that yeah. wasn't working. So Ruth uh, does what she's <clears throat> very good at, which is exploding very emotionally <laughs> in front of a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah, she does. Um. That must be where Nate got it from. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, Nate's awesome. Um, so Ruth is washing dishes with Keith. Uh, 
So cute. And yeah, uh, the commentary is just saying that, you know, we really don't ever get a nice, like Ruth and Keith scene, you know, and this was a perfect moment to have one. And I Um, bet Claire was really happy that there was a man washing the dishes and not just (laughs) even if he was a man of color, he is a man of color. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, we have a quick flash of David downstairs sitting alone with the body. Ugh. Um. So while Claire was at dinner, apparently there was an orgy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and Edie just kind of sat there and watched. Why didn't we get to watch? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Edie wants to go roll in the grass. Um, Why? Why? You're gonna get all itchy. You're gonna get chiggers or something. Ugh. No. Ugh. Because they're having these heightened tactile sensations from their drug. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, (laughs) it does. You need to do some hard drugs, apparently. (laughs) Grass makes me itch big time. Like, if I'm in the grass too much, it makes me itch. Yes, it's horrible. Just lay in the grass and look at the clouds and find I have. I I believe it was, was it my 21st that I just completely passed out on my, uh, my lawn? I actually made it to the backyard. But I remember just the cool feeling of over my mm. very overheated, drunk body, just completely like, uh, and fell asleep there till dawn. <sighs> you know, really, I'm really starting to sound like a horrible, <laughs> crazy, yeah. drunken, drugged Pretty out much person. Just debauchery in your. But let me just say, this, it was like 15 years ago, maybe. <laughs> Different it was last person. week. Last week, yes. <laughs> last week. Last week. Um, <laughs> last week. Last week. <laughs> no, the, 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 the funny part of that is the fact that you said that, and then I repeated you, and I repeated you in your accent unintentionally. So, <laughs> oh this might become Fisher Cost. You know, Fisher Cost. Fisher Cost. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Keith is getting uh, called into work and calling people dog. Lots of dogs <laughs> coming up here, huh? Right, Mm -hmm. we have Lisa the dog. We have the camp for dogs. We have uh, (sighs) Keith calling dogs for the win. That's my dog. Dogs are lame. (laughs) Agreed. Oh my gosh! Really, dogs even? Dogs are not. Where does your hate stop? Your loyal pets. My hate doesn't stop. It goes on forever. (laughs) There's a Celine Dion song about it. Oh. My hate will go on. Cue Celine Dion. It's not my heart will go on. It's my hate will go on. Exactly. <laughs> Animals are useless. Cats. I like cats. But anyway, um, we Keith is... Uh, very intuitive on what's going on with David and uh you know he just wants to be real with him and I'm just like yes I love like the prime like, Keith right here to me than a yeah. job I just oh you guys I so like them together now yeah yes he, Keith is Keith was so good in this episode but yeah I like them together now too when they're not always like oh well we're not happy oh well you know when they're you know Okay, he's trying to he's trying to give um, Dave, David an avenue to open up and talk about things. He re, he's trying so hard. Yeah, but David but, wants his and pool, he's, <laughs> and he's be, but he's not pushing him, which is good too. Right, he's just there for him. What what, what did you see, Robin? I couldn't hear. You. I said, but David wants his pool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
We have a quick scene of George coldly saying goodnight to Ruth and not wanting to sit there and watch her brush her hair. And Ruth just wants to be loved. I don't blame him. <laughs> oh, seriously. I mean, Why did she push her hair so much before bed? I, you know, I know. Everything he says to her, it's like she's not good enough. Mm. Yeah. Right? Everything is disparaging and critical. Um, Why did he, he marry so like her? He's, you know, he's very controlling, really, in his own way. Like, he wants to, it's almost like, as I, I'm just thinking of this now, it's almost like he wants to keep her off balance. You know, he's not her helpmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like him. We have Claire taking pictures of Edie rolling around in the grass. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she pulls Claire down on the grass. And, uh, and I thought, oh, yeah, they're going to make out. No, they're not. Nope. They're going to rolling pin. I was thinking, just kiss her already. Yes, she's down for it, clearly. Yeah, you can tell. Now, Kate Robbins said that they did shoot this on location for the most part, but they didn't get good coverage of the fact of, of Edie over Claire and the expression on uh, Lauren Graham's face. So they actually had to shoot that single shot in the studio. And you can, if, you, if you're looking for it, the uh, grass under them looks completely like tarmac. It's just... Like, mm-hmm. it's all, like, long and fluffy when you see them rolling around, but when it's a shot from above, it looks like flat, like, patio grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't notice because my eyes were in Claire's said, face, honestly. Oh, my God. Six Feet Under fans that are screaming at me right now and calling me all sorts of horrible names. Lauren Ambrose, I apologize. I, I caught that. Wow. Oh, you yeah, had Lauren Graham, didn't you? Yes, oh, I yeah. did. Oops, wrong show. Oh, jeez. The wait for Damn it, uh, Robin. Stars Hollow cast or whatever. <laughs> I whatever think that is. <laughs> what? She's in uh, Gilmore Girls, right? That's what I'm oh, saying. Okay. Is, don't they live in Stars Hollow or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Someone will know. Someone out there can tell us. Gilmore fans <laughs> do not no. write in. Except for you, Steph. You can write in anytime you want. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, the, we have the wake here, and these mourners are extremely blunt about how the man died, and are really like, you know. I I feel like those are those ladies that like they just go because it's like spectacular, and they want to gossip about it, and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe it. we got to go see, oh my god, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, I know that person. It's like my friend's sister's cousin's brother, <laughs> you know, that, and I should go and make a scene of how important I am that I showed up at this thing. But I don't have all the facts. Can you tell me all the facts? Is this your job? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It, very crass. The fact, and this is, David finds out that the man was a victim of, a, you know, a horribly violent crime. He got shot in the head and he has flashes of himself that's so close of getting killed by that gun. Yeah. And so it takes David's breath completely away and he runs to the office and he calls 911. Which, oh, you know, I mean, I guess he's never had a panic attack before, but classic panic attack symptoms right there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Moira will back me up. <laughs> yeah, there's one line where he says, I feel like I'm, later to Claire, I think he says, I really thought I was dying. And I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, it's true. That's how you feel when you have a panic attack. Yeah, and Kate Robin says... Fine. Oh, I was going to say my dad had a, um, my dad was sailing a boat by himself from like Tampa back up to Pensacola and, um, he was out on the water and, um, he ha- thought he was having a heart attack and 
There was another boat there, but they, like, called the Coast Guard. They had to airlift him by helicopter, take him to the hospital, and it was a panic attack. Holy shit. Yeah, and they had... So, luckily, those other, that other boat was nearby. They got his boat and towed it in for him and everything. It was just, like, my mom had to drive down to Tampa, you know, because he was in the hospital. Wow. It was crazy. We tease him now, but, you know, at the time, it was pretty <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so Kate Robin, um, said in the commentary that, um, she's had one panic attack before and, um, wrote it like that, but Michael C. Hall had it and he had to actually study how to do it or whatever, how to act like he did. And she thinks that he did a really good job. Anyway, useless trivia. <laughs> so, uh, Benda is looking at beds in a bag at Beth, Bed Bath and Beyond or something like some store like that, mm. and um, it just looks soul killing. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. <laughs> it just it looked like hell to me mm. for Brenda. For Brenda, looks like a comfy hell though. <laughs> but yeah, she has this, she has a daydream of all the uh, beds beds in a bag coming tumbling down on her. Yes, uh, suffocating her. Ooh, mm, there's a good metaphor. Yeah, mm. I was so not surprised by that. <laughs> Me either. Uh, She's with the wrong guy. That's the, you know, I have not there other than Keith and David and then Brenda and Nate, everybody else, like their partners have sucked. You know, <laughs> like Lisa sucks, George sucks. We they need to not like stop, I guess, you know getting in relationships with people because they have the worst people ever. <laughs> what about Ruth and Nikolai? Mm. Power it couple. It out okay, but it What about David and uh, what's his face from Parks and Recreation? You like them? Oh, you like that, that couple? Mm. Anyway. Oh, no, that was cute as hell. But that was short. That was temporary. You liked it at the time, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but it was temporary. Okay. These long term ones are not that great. Um, so, yeah, a paramedic walks into the questions. Keith, David hangs up and he realizes it was a panic attack and he's feeling even more foolish. Um, the next morning, Claire finds David lying in the uh, slumber room. Looks like he slept there all night. Claire's feeling like a bit, bit like crap, too, because of the hangover she has. Um, uh-huh. And this is a great scene. I don't know if you guys yeah. want to talk about it yourselves or. Or you want me to walk you through it? Or <laughs> um, but Claire uh, starts talking to David about the carjacking, starts kind of prodding about it. Um, David confesses it was more than that. It went on for hours. First, he thought it was a cute boy in distress. He said he tried to do everything right, but it only made this guy want to torture him more. And he says that he poured gasoline over him, put a gun in, the ma- gun in his mouth, and like he didn't even know what to do in this situation at the end like he it's like he says he didn't even know how to die basically he's like he he does this for a living and yet when he's in this situation he has no idea how to do it um i totally understand why he didn't want to tell his family about what happened because that just you know upsets them so much and he's even got a little bit of the the catholic guilt here he says he forgot to pray and I absolutely love Claire saying it's okay. God saved you anyway, right? Um, not because I'm, you know, a Christian, but because I know that Claire isn't. But yet she is doing such an incredible job on 
you know, being there for David, that she's telling him exactly what he needs to hear. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful moment. I, um, I liked watching this scene because a couple of things. I loved watching the expressions flitting across Claire's face, Lauren Ambrose's face as she's, mm-hmm. she, you can, you can see yes. the emotion going inside of her. She did such a good job with that. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me about this was, um, when we hear David trying to articulate what happened to him, it struck me how, you know, as humans, how words are so inadequate to really convey that kind of um, experience, whether it's a traumatic one or just any kind of deeply emotional thing. It's, it's as if he's given her a tiny window, a little sliver of insight into what he went through. But we, having watched it, know that it was even so much worse than that. Mm. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, and then Claire gives David the picture, and we see it's the picture of David at the fire, and uh, I think it was parallel play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Kate Robin says in the uh, commentary that she wishes they had a better shot of the picture, that it was clearer, because you didn't really, you saw what it was, but you didn't see like the expression on his face or anything like that. And really what was in the script and what was implied, she really wanted to imply, but she didn't think she was successful, was that Claire, you know, was at first going to give him this bloody sink picture. And it's just kind of a goofy reminder of what happened um, that day. Um, and, and uh, you know, she ends up giving him this other picture. She wants to find something more meaningful to give him. So she ends up giving this, this other picture even before... She knows the exact details about this carjacking. She still knows that he's hurt and, you know, he's, he's feeling uh, kind of broken about this. And that the picture shows David looking like he has strength, you know, looking like just kind of like looking kind of down on the fire as if, you know, to give him to remind him that he has strength within him. And, uh, I, I took it. Yeah, I took it as being a message of resilience. Yeah. Mm. See, to me, it just looked like he was on fire. No, I didn't think so. I thought it really did look like he'd come through something and survive the other side of it. That's what, yeah. that's what it yeah. evoked for me. Yeah. That's why I'm not an art person. <laughs> I'm not an art person either. I'm just emotional. I take it literally. You know, you're a robot. I'm a yep. scientist, for God's sake, and I could, <laughs> I could get it. <laughs> <laughs> And Claire, you saw it and thought David Fisher burned in hell? Yeah, no. (laughs) I thought it was pretty much the same thing, that he'd survived something and it was about strength. Yeah. Um, So, Claire puts on her big sister pants here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and goes up and tells Nate that he needs to go back. She doesn't betray uh, uh, David's confidence about exactly why, but she says he would do it for you. That and... is the best line. Yeah. Because yeah. he it's would. It's true. Yeah, it's totally can true. I, can I say something I realized in this in this scene is that Nate is is George Bailey. <laughs> 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 Except he's much less, uh, you know, he's much more whiny than... Um, uh, <laughs> and sweary. <laughs> and sweary. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing. It's like he keeps trying to escape this business that he feels like he's destined <laughs> to do. And he gets away and then he gets dragged back into it. But it's mm-hmm. what he's really good at. 
He's George Bailey. I, I wanted to travel. I, <laughs> I want a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, savings alone. Uh, oh, Jimmy, it's okay. I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that all the residents of LA, though, would come out and, and raise money for Nate Fisher. <laughs> like they did for George Bailey. <laughs> Maybe the Chenoweths. <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the second, like, two scenes in a row where I was like, "Come on, guys, really? cut it out." So, uh, and then here comes the third. David standing at the wake where Nate comes down in his suit. They don't say anything, but there is a nice silent exchange between them. David that like was really himself sweet. as well. It made me tear up. Yeah, Des. It did not make me tear up, but I thought it was a really, really sweet scene. Um, and I really, um, it made me think a lot of Nate that just on Claire's word that it's, it's, it's bad, you know, that he would, he would give up, you know, getting out and go mm-hmm. help his brother, even though he doesn't even know the whole story. Yep. Yeah. That's, he manned up for once. Yeah, he Whoa. really did. Yeah. Sorry, Des, I didn't mean to like call attention to you so dramatically, but uh, I heard you say that was sweet, and I was completely shocked. But uh... it was. Look, look, I do have a small emotion chip <laughs> okay. in my <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I can feel small emotions. It's you know. Yeah. Um. So, David. Uh... Yeah, so, sorry, uh, we, go, we go to the next scene, and uh, Ruth calls George on being mean to her, and we talked about this earlier, the fact that he felt embarrassed, but, uh, yeah, at the end of this scene, she's like, why would you leave so many women, and he says, because they asked too many fucking questions! And that's when I wanted her to pull out the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dick. Um, and, it, you know... Kate Robbins said she had a lot of discussion with James Cromwell about like how threatening he should look in that scene, you know, and she said she's a real big fan of the the fact that he can play this quiet professor type that seems to have everything seems to roll off of him, but all of a sudden can just turn on a dime and just completely scare the shit out of you. So, which goes back to our question of what happened to those wives who died. Mm. <laughs> That would be awesome. <gasps> Maybe the police will come and it'll be a cold case. It's finally been solved with DNA of George. And they'll take him away in handcuffs. Yay! <laughs> the lies keep piling up at the Diaz house <laughs> in the next oh, scene. God. She's a young mother from church that I'm helping. <laughs> it's between me, me and the boy. father. <laughs> and he's dumb enough to claim... To claim that Ruth knows, I mean, all all that Vanessa has to do is ask Ruth, and he's totally screwed. Mm. Well, oh. maybe Ruth has given him, like, some stuff that he's given, but just because he said she doesn't know that, you know, what it's for. So maybe she would back him up on that. But, you know, still, it's just the whole fact that even if it's charity work, if you're not telling your wife about it, it's a woman, you know, that you're doing mm-hmm. stuff for, that's shady as hell. Um, I love how Vanessa leaves him in the dark. That's like, oh, oh yeah, 
Lights out. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that done to me before. Let me tell you. The I'm going to bed click. And it's just like, all right. <laughs> you have been dismissed. <laughs> yep. Um, and the final scene, uh, yeah, Kate Robin actually talks about this scene and she said she wanted more torrid and sexual and actually Peter and Rachel wanted more of a resignation and a tenderness. And she says she was able to kind of pull off a nice collaboration between her and the, uh, the actors. So we have, uh, Brendo coming in, pacing around the room and she says, I don't think I can change. And Nate admits that he can't either. And they have a little hug, they have a little look at each other, and then smooches. And I Talk cheered! Them. Yes, me too. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Get it. Uh, so, but okay, yeah. so can I be a little preachy? Because before when I alluded to the whole, you know, getting pregnant, making baby thing. and yeah. I'm sorry, Brenda, if you're this torn up, if, if it... On some level of your consciousness, as you're standing in the store and the bed and bath products are falling around your head, <laughs> you you clearly know that you're you're going through the motions. Like you're trying to fit your round peg into a square hole, right? Mm-hmm. You know this in your heart of hearts. So why the fuck would you pull the goalie? You know? Well, that, not that was after, what? though. That's not, the same no. in the... It's the same day, for God's sake. I'm sorry. This is what drives me nuts about people. Like, if you know in your heart that what you're doing is not what's making you happy, then, you know what? At least don't be stupid enough to get pregnant and drag a kid into it. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe she didn't realize. Oh, bullshit. No. You know, people delude themselves so much. (sighs) You know? People they are really in denial, think, Des. They yes. just don't. They just deny what they're really feeling, and that's why they exactly. get themselves in stupid situations. But make a choice, like. Ugh. It's true, okay, and, and I'm the only one that's ranting about this, but I just thought it was. Maybe, she, maybe she will know. Maybe she would. Ju- she just realized. You know, I've had those kind of realizations before. That all of a sudden, what the fuck? This is not. You know, this is. I'm. Why am I doing this? I'm fooling myself. Yeah. So maybe she just, you know, had that realization afterwards. Maybe it was the whole fact that she did have the unprotected sex and she could be pregnant. That really is, you know, what set off this, like, you know, suffocation, you know, uh, fear and everything. So maybe well, that I, was I the felt, impetus. I felt sorry for Joe. Because mm-hmm. he's not yes. going to see this coming. He's going to get totally blindsided. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and he doesn't really deserve not it. He, no, right. he doesn't deserve it. Um, yeah. I mean, in the earlier scenes, they had a little talk about on the commentary about how she discussed with Rachel Griffiths how to play Brenda in this episode, especially earlier when he's telling her about the house and, you know you see a little bit of her like going, Oh shit. But you see a lot of it, a lot of it, you see just kind of Brenda pushing herself into just going, all right, I'm going to do this and this is good for me. And I'm going to keep convincing myself of this. And this is right. You know? And yeah, uh, I think she's trying really hard because she thinks it's what, you know, yeah. she needs to do what she wants to do. But then she just, you know, and when realizes that, and- it's going to happen. Yeah, and when she gets to the end of this episode, that's why it's just, you know, she's just, like, finally saying, I don't think I can change, you know. She wants to change. And unfortunately, you know, there's a a possible fetus being brought into this situation. Well, you know, let's just just hope not. Yeah. 
Let's yeah. let Nate and Brenda build a relationship. There's already a child in their life now, his. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's already too much drama going on in the show. We really don't need <laughs> the, you know, pregnant by the guy she just left drama too. We or really don't need it. Don't no, we really it. don't. It's just, it's just a little too much at this point with all the other drama. Yeah. <laughs> so let, so please, please, I hope, dear writers, that you didn't go there. <laughs> yes. Please. Claire. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're going <laughs> to. Still there. Check. Put your hand up. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll, we'll, that, that wraps up Open Casket Viewing. We'll take a break and listen to our friends from the West Wing podcast. I'm Anna Sophie. I'm Maggie. I've just started watching the West Wing. And I've been obsessed with the West Wing since the moment the pilot aired on September 22nd, 1999. Come watch with us. As we make our way through the presidency of Josiah Bartlett and Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing. And we're back. And uh, that was West Wing Podcast. Check it out. Fisher of the Week. It's obvious to me what the Fisher of the Week is, but we'll see what everybody else says. Uh, let's start off with Claire. Not obvious to me. Hmm. Me right, either. Okay. So, it's definitely not Ruth, because... Oh, <laughs> like, like George is really mean to her, and he's an ass. An, an ass. And, uh, but she shouldn't <laughs> ask. <laughs> she does ask. kind of push it and push it and push it and push it. And, you know, so I found that irritating. And Claire and Nate really irritated me for the first half of the episode. And David, I just felt really bad for. If I could give it to Keith, I would, because he was just a sweetie in this episode. Um, Maya was in this then... episode. Oh, she like ran across the screen. Oh, oh I didn't see her. Yeah. Um, oh, but Claire and Claire and Nate at the end were were really um, awesome. But it has to go to Claire for that for the ending. Not none of the arty stuff because that was boring. But the fact that she was really sweet to David and she went and made Nate go and help David out, which he should have been doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Claire. Des. I still haven't even decided. Moira. Um... Okay, I'll go. Um, I'm, I'm agreeing with, uh, with Claire about Claire. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because listen, I really enjoy the uh, high on drugs dinner scene and and um, you know Claire's acting through all of that um, I'm titillated by the possibility that we're finally going to get to see her get together with Edie which I think would be hilarious and kind of delicious so I'm yeah yeah I think it'll be great um, and I like I loved her scene with David I've said this before but it seems like every time we get David and Claire alone together in a room with nobody else around they really connect in a way that's so mm. palpable and I loved it and then for Claire to as you said put on her big sister pants and go and make it right and and mm. uh drag nate back into the fold is probably in terms of um you know plot movement one of the most pivotal things that happened in a lot of ways in this episode so yeah she shone for me in in that respect plus she's gorgeous when she rolls in the grass what the hell so Des. All right. Um, yeah, this is one of those episodes that it's hard to decide, not because everybody sucked this week, but everybody was pretty good this week. Um, 
but I, I'm going to go ahead for potential shots and say Claire, too. I also love the high uh, dinner scene and um, the whole potential lesbian uh, stuff coming up. But, yeah, the whole scene with Potential David, lesbian yeah. cast. Yes, potential <laughs> lesbian cast. I'm starting that up next week. I would have guessed. But the scene with David was really, really good. Um, I thought Claire did a great job in being there for her brother. And so I'm going to give it to her. All right. It's a little early for this, but let's pour them. Yay! (laughs) It's shot time. Claire. Not too early for me. Claire. (laughs) and And I'm not saying this to you, Claire, but I'm saying Claire. Claire Fisher, I love you. And uh, <laughs> what an amazing scene with her and David. And, um, I mean, Kate Robbins said it best uh, during the commentary that this conversation is just one of those great turning points in her and David's relationship. Just, the, you know, that she's there for him um, and and truly is, like, there for him the way that he's actually made to feel comfortable enough to actually start confronting um, this grief and this, uh, you know, this horrible, horrible um, thing that happened to him. Um, She, and she does give him the most meaningful gift. (laughs) And, and yeah, the, the, when she talks to Nate, it's just great. And, uh, and I love high Claire. I love high Claire, the dinner seat and the fucking uh, uh, analysis of the clearing the tables. It's just awesome. So, uh, Claire, 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 shots, shots, shots. Okay. Yay. And like Yay. I said, it's Claire who is the Fisher of the Week. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> You're the co-host of the week, okay? I'm sorry, Moira and Des. You know, you weren't <laughs> as quiet as Claire was during the end of the um, wrap-up, and uh, that was clearly the contest here. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's go to listener eulogies. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we have an iTunes review and we have a, uh, an email from Celia who wants to do, well, I guess I'll do the iTunes review since nobody else has it up, but, uh, who wants to do Celia? We also have one from Luke Rimwalt. Luke? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. We do have one from Luke. I am sorry. Somebody read something. Oh, I thought you were going to do the iTunes review Oh, I can do that, yeah. That actually came um, a little earlier. It's from our friend Linda in California. Five stars, best of its kind you'll ever find. Five star podcast. Listening to this is like inviting three friends into the living room, or better yet, being a fly on the wall of a room where three smart, savvy, and hip people get together to have a really fun discussion about a really twisted but highly addictive show whose characters are intriguing and the writing never ceases to entertain. Which is why we watch TV, right, kids? How much I wish I had begun watching this series to correspond with their podcast of Episode 1, Season 1, but I digress. Do yourself a favor and follow along watching Six Feet Under with these three delightful hosts. Sorry, Claire. Um, Truly a treasure, and I will keep their podcasts alive on my devices long after they're finished to the end. Then I'm going to follow up on what they're going to do next. Hopefully they'll do this with Dexter, Damages, or Breaking Bad. Hint, hint. Nope. Uh, (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) 
Linda. Um, Okay, that was beautiful, Linda. That was a wonderful review. However, only five stars. Seriously? (laughs) Couldn't give us like 37 or something? Wow. (laughs) Um, Some podcasts are not um, big on patting themselves on the back with uh, positive feedback. I say, (laughs) keep it coming. I love it. It gives me a super charge. And I don't mind reading it. <laughs> I'll just take Luke because his came in first. I'm chronological like that. Um, his uh, subject uh, says, prayer works. Here's some fe- feedback. All righty. Um, I've been listening for a while, and I'm finally ready to write in and go on a long rant to combat Des's long rant from the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> but then she mentioned the Fire Diaries and got me back on her side. <laughs> Wasn't that season finale the best episode of the TV all season? Okay, Des is going to insert her commentary here and say, yes, that season finale was amazing. Best thing all season. You are correct, Luke. Okay, back to the email. Anyways, it's been an odd experience listening to the podcast because I started watching Six Feet Under right after season five aired, and I didn't know anyone else who watched it, so I haven't heard anyone else's view of each episode. It's been fun listening every week as you analyze all the weird subplots and some of the just plain dumb dream sequences. <laughs> I thought, Luke. <laughs> um, my hat goes off to Robin for keeping the show structured and discussing every scene. Because of it, I don't have to rewatch the episode every week, and I can just enjoy this as a podcast. I agree. Um, as for Des and Moira, I hope you enjoy the rest of the series, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all that you do. You may or may not hear from me again. Luke, well, that was ominous at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you may or may. Like, it was like his, his version of this message will self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. um, Luke, you had some credibility as you started talking about how you were going to write a long rant to combat Des's long rant. But then you're like, Vampire Diaries won me over? Really? Oh, my God. It was so good, Robin. That season finale blew my fucking mind, okay? But, it was amazing. But, oh, all right, whatever. I, I guess that's I won't know until I actually watch it. Yeah. I'm yeah, just saying, finale. how did oh, you're, uh, all right. It was so good. Robin, seriously, it was so good. I mean, I bet Hitler liked chewing gum, and I like chewing gum. It doesn't mean that Hitler's statements aren't Hitlerish huh? and awful. So are you comparing me to Hitler? <laughs> no, I'm comparing you to chewing gum. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so we've got this lovely long email from Cecilia. Hey guys, I'm sorry I've never commented before. I'm feeling guilty too. <laughs> we must really be working on people's emotions. I know, it's awesome. <laughs> you guys are scary. You know, and I want to say... And if you're side... this right now, we're talking about you too, if you haven't written in. Okay. <laughs> Um, But this time, I couldn't pass the chance, as I see opinions are divided. In my opinion, That's My Dog is one of the best, worst episodes of Six Feet Under. Ten out of ten decomposing bodies in the back of the van. Ew. (laughs) I watched Six Feet Under when it originally aired. What I've come to realize, and what I love about it, is that your viewing can change according to where you are in life. Do you agree, Robin, or is it just me? I do agree. I do. I was 15 years old in 2001, and obviously, Claire was my favorite character. As I grew older, my opinions about her changed a lot. Being now an adult, it's even a bit embarrassing to see I was once a Claire, in quotes. Who wants to be a Claire? (laughs) I wouldn't mind looking like her. Oh. Since I was an old... I'm sorry. 
sorry. That one too. That took me by surprise. <laughs> sorry, Moira. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> anyway, since it wasn't always will be a little David horror, I was heartbroken and upset when I first watched That's My Dog back in the day. But at the time, my lack of life experience and understanding of the world in general made it difficult to really grasp the meaning and implications of the whole thing. I thought he was stupid to give a stranger a ride just to fulfill a desire to ease his loneliness. I couldn't see why he didn't run away or grab the gun and kill the bastard. But years later, I went through a shitty situation that, although much less dramatic than David's, still deeply affected me, especially because I know I was being reckless. And it took me a long time to recover, since my life isn't a TV show with only a season left. As far as I know, maybe I'm on Truman Show. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's even more awful to watch this episode now. True, there are some over-the-top scenes. This is Alan Ball, right? Yeah. But the realistic portrayal of being at the mercy of a crazy person, not knowing what is their next move, is too much. I completely understand David's innocence and how this led him to put himself in a situation regardless of all signs pointing to danger. Of course it's not his fault. It's nobody's fault except for Jake's, and he was too blinded by other things in his mind to see Jake was trouble. I understand why he didn't run away or reacted more. At such circumstances, a person can react in a million different ways. David, being who he is, would never become Jack Bauer. Maybe Nate would beat the hell out of the guy. Maybe Claire would be happy to share his crack. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Even if I didn't somewhat relate to David, it's still a terrible thing to watch because I'm so invested in these characters. Don't get me started on how much I cried when the series was over. Oh, boy. There's some yeah, yeah. Someone Crap. missed the show. That's all she's saying. Uh, I doubt it. Um, <laughs> this episode truly is a statement of the brilliant writing and directing, not to mention the amazing acting by Michael C. Hall and the guy who played Jake. Although I'll never be able to look at him with trust ever again, and I hope he is cast as the next villain in Dexter, so I can have the pleasure of seeing David pay back his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about the long email. I'm aware your podcast is not my therapy, and sorry if there's any mistakes. English is not my first language. That amazes me because this is really well written. Yeah. Yes, um, it is. Sorry, that's my <laughs> um, You guys are awesome, and I love your discussions, even though Des thinks Maya is ugly. <laughs> she is adorable. Okay, man. Sticks out her tongue. No. Right Thank no, you. I can't not. wait to watch season five again. Thanks, Cecilia. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> I love Maya. Okay, let's go on to uh, last rites. <laughs> Our final thoughts on the episode and the ratings. Aww. If we rush through this, we might actually make it in under two hours. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's go. Let's, who went last? Des, what's your rating and what you thought about the episode? Was that um, me? Okay. Oh, no. sorry. You guys Me. cut up for a minute. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, this episode was so much less um, terrible than I thought it was going to be. Um, so that's good. Um, I, <laughs> what a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I was so worried that it was going to be just god awful, but um, it, it wasn't. I enjoyed, you know, Fisher Family Dinner is always fun. Um, and, you know, shower threesomes are always fun. Um, so, and Maya's still ugly, and I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 
8 out of 10 shitty nostril pop presents. <laughs> you mean the gravy boat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moira? It did look like an itty-bitty gravy boat. No, we're supposed to let Claire go. She's our guest. Oh. I'm keeping you on track, Robin. I, oh, I just usually go on. like... One way, and then I go the other way, kind of like the We've way I am with that. girls. We I go both ways. Way. <laughs> <laughs> I already went there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you really want me to go, I'll go. Fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, this, uh, this episode was like a, a much-needed breath of fresh air after the last one, which was just so emotionally difficult. And so I was also relieved that it was, uh, you know, it, was, it had a lot of fun stuff in it. And we've already touched on most of it. I mean, the the Fisher family dinner is always a hit with me. I liked Kate, you know, Keith and David together in this one. Um, they're just really meshing as a couple. I love the fact that at the end we get Nate and Brenda. Clearly, they're going to come together again, which we have been praying for through all of season three, for God's sake. Yeah. So, Thank you, know, you it's Jesus. Been a season and a half <laughs> waiting for this to happen. So yay. Um, and, uh, and I actually like the fact that we're starting to see bigger and bigger cracks in Ruth and George's relationship, because I will be happy to see the backside of that jerk. Crack watch. So, um, oh, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to see George's oh, yeah, and, we're, and, and we're getting the lesbian thing happening and it's getting hot and heavy. So yeah, that's cool. So I am going to give this nine out of 10 nasty little secrets. Mm. All right. All right. Well, I have to say, um, I really was so happy. I, like, you know, these later episodes of Six Feet Under, I need to like ask Claire. I've talked to her on Skype. Like, what the hell happens next? I forget. <laughs> I've seen it, but I'm like, what? Um, I just know it's all good. That's why I wanted to do this show. Um, so uh, it, it took me by surprise. Not only my little. Uh, uh, prediction of a, of a musical <laughs> happening in the next episode like three times people burst into song um and just just i was like yes like like everything everybody was i mean especially does like everything you were just kind of like fucking like terror starts at home oh fucking great you know like here comes the misery it's not over yet was totally combated by like i said fish or dinner drugs uh Girls rolling on the grass, uh, uh, nostril pots, funny shit. Reek, Vanessa starting to catch on. Nate and Brenda getting together. Uh, awesome, awesome. It's just like so. I'm gonna give it ten out of ten. I need you so much closer. <laughs> I need I you need so you much so closer. closer. Everybody, oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> wow all right so end of the episode <laughs> let's bury this bed in a bag at bed bath and beyond claire didn't go what the f how did that not how did that happen because you didn't let it go first oh that's oh man i screwed myself up i'm so sorry you, did, totally. <laughs> you are losing it baby <laughs> um oh okay so, yeah, this episode was really cool. I um, I agree with you guys. It was much needed after last week's. Um, I don't like all the Claire art stuff. It really irritates me. And I don't like George. But apart from that, everything else was awesome. Keith was just adorable. Um, Claire and Nate were really, like, stepped up looking after David. And we had Claire High, which is, is fun. So I'm going to give it eight 
stuffed cotton wool heads out of ten. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Trying to find my tweet. I'll forget about it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I said something on Twitter like after I saw the episode. I was like, "This is the episode that like gives Fisher cast." everything it wants <laughs> so <laughs> i was very happy about it so mm-hmm. that's a uh, final little thing i forgot to say that so um yeah let's bury this bed in a bag at bed bath and beyond you already heard that so it's not as fun <laughs> anymore on itunes we need 47 star reviews <laughs> at, least, at least 47 please review us uh, we'd love it and i love reading positive reviews if you write a negative review I will unleash Des on you. That's right. Sorry, bitches. Watch out. <laughs> and the other thing is, when Des gets to the part about we're on Facebook, I, I always post when we're um, recording. So if you were part of the Facebook group, if you're on Facebook, then you would have an opportunity to toss in your thoughts about the next episode. So, yeah. It's true. You don't even have to write an email. You can just be like, just make a quick comment on Facebook. Well, yeah, because due to scheduling issues, in this case, by the time you hear this, we will have already recorded the next one. So, you you know, like if you haven't got your comments in, oh, well. So. Mm-hmm. So, Des? Okay. You can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. You can leave us a voicemail at one five four one two embalm And like Moira said, visit us on the Facebook or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com and tell us what you think. All right. And Claire, where can we find you on the web? Nowhere at the moment. <gasps> <laughs> no, we need you a can listen cast, to... uh, intro cast. <laughs> you can listen to old episodes of CarnyCast if you want to hear more of my lovely melodious voice. <laughs> You know, um, which is a, a carnival intro cast. That's why I keep playing the promo for Carnicast because even though it's over, like you know, people might not have listened to it live and could. Yeah. Oh, you. That's the great thing about these intro casts is like you could just start at the beginning, and uh, you can do the same thing uh, for Fishercast. Unfortunately, all our episodes didn't stay on iTunes, where they're constantly cycling through as we put more on there. But we do have but a link. You can find them on the blog. Yeah, we yeah, do have a link on the blog. Spot. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, it, there's a link on the right hand corner. It says Talk Shoe or whatever. And you can click on that and go to the Talk Shoe page and check out old episodes. So you can always, that's the great thing about IntroCast. You can always, like, if you want to start an old series, the IntroCasts are always there for you. <laughs> Sometimes the jokes might be dated, though. <laughs> Especially Never. when I keep saying that's what she said jokes. Oh, that'll never die. <laughs> I, should, I should add that you'll also be able to hear me from uh, in a few months' time, every week. Yeah, on a certain little little Ooh. other intro cast. <laughs> yeah, but that's admitting that this show might actually end sometime, and we don't want to. We're not quite ready to. Face I'm not that. ready. Well, I don't know about that. I might be a little ready. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like you weren't ready to end it, or 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 uh, yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> Des, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on What's On with Stefan Des. Go to What's On with Stefan Des dot blogspot dot com, and Steph and I talk TV every week. Well, just about every week. 
All right. Well, uh, my preparedness apparently is lacking tonight. So, uh, or today, whatever, whatever side of the Greenwich timeline you're on. Um, but so I'm going to make one up on the spot. You can find Moira, uh, coming into the Fisher kitchen and smashing George over the head with a pa- a pan because Yay. Ruth won. Yay. High five Moira. Good job, Moira. <laughs> And you can find yeah, her yeah. at Moira Brown with an E at the end. And that's uh, Brown with an E at the end. It's almost <laughs> like brownie. And she's just as delicious to follow. <laughs> Brown sugar. And you find me on Redemption Cast every week. Uh, talk, or not every week. <laughs> every other week. Uh, talking about the uh, hit series Angel. And uh, every once in a while on Top Bunk, when uh, Lenny feels like editing an episode that's already been recorded like weeks ago. Okay, so uh, that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is Season 4, Episode 7, The Dare. And that'll be... Ooh, I dare you to sleep with Edie, Claire. That'll be with <laughs> Steph, who is... I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to say thank you, Claire, for uh, deciding to show up this week. Uh, I, mean, uh, I don't mean that as maliciously. Well, I do, but I'm just kidding. But uh, hugs all around, shots all around. As Thanks, guys. <laughs> as for uh, Terror Starts at Home, we therefore commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. dust. Bye. 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 Was born today, and I'll tell you how. The clouds above opened up and let it out. I was Yeah.